Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonia McQueen, with your mind, your body, your choice. I hope you all had a little, um, had a great weekend and, and everything's going well for everybody. I thought about this podcast a lot the last few days, and this is probably the longest since I've come back from my little break um, a few months ago that I've taken off. But, you know, I was telling you all a story about um, someone I love dearly being burned on purpose by somebody. And although I never said who it was or where it was or, you know, who the parents were, who the baby was, who the babysitter was, the, the mother of the child had told enough people that people were calling me because of course, everybody that knows me knows me expected for me to go over and put my hands on somebody. And for, for once, you guys, I had a cooler head. Not that I didn't think somebody deserved to have their hands put on them, but I actually looked at the bigger picture. I looked at the picture of the 17-year-old that burned the child has mental um issues. You know, she's been Baker acted. She's medicated. I don't know if she's a schizophrenic, a paranoid schizophrenic. I don't know. But I know that she has mental issues. And I also know, based on my last two jobs, that I've dealt with enough people that have mental issues to know they're not aware quite often of what they're doing. They could see baby as the devil all of a sudden. They could see another person as somebody after them or, you know, they, they attack or they do things that are out of character. I took that in consideration. Now, tell you why I took this little few day break from the podcast. I'm the type of person, if I think about doing something, I do it. And there are some people on this show who know it. And I move in silence. Like if that was my child, I never would have called all these people or talked to all these people about what happened. I I just wouldn't have done it. There's no way I wouldn't have done it. I just would have acted. And um, this time, the first thing I did after I talked to my my daughter Um, who wanted to come down here, I called my mentor, my prayer partner, I texted her, and I asked for prayer immediately. And she got the prayer group together, and that's exactly what they did. And then I wanted to go put my hands on somebody, and I was so incensed. And I think I said this during the last podcast, I was just so mad. I I think my head would have if I would have came any more mad and wouldn't have been able, you know, I don't know how other people are, but I'm the type of person when I get that angry, I have to release it, which is why I used to have, you know, my, my boxing. I have to release it because if I don't release it, it just boils over in my soul and it stays there and it stays there. Depending on the situation, eventually it's going to come out. 
is going to come out, which is why I used to be in trouble so much. I'll never forget talking about moving in silence. And I, I have a million stories like this, but uh, I lived on base, Fort Leonard Wood, and I had a neighbor. And she was real shy, but she was super sweet, super sweet, super sweet. And my birthday was coming up, and there were a whole bunch of us rolling out on my birthday. I think there were 17. We were 17 deep. And we were going to go to the club on my birthday. And I invited this lady. Hey, you want to, you know, go first? She told me no. Okay, you know, <laughs> whatever. So the day, I can't remember if it was the day before my birthday or the day of, she, did, she decided she wanted to go. Okay. So like out of all of us, 10 or 12 of us met at my house and you know, um, I was getting ready and we got in our cars and we rolled out and everybody else was already there. And we got our tables together and we were having a ball. When the neighbor's husband walked in with one of his girlfriends, he was mad that she was there. He was mad. Told her to take her ass home. So she came to me and said, I got to go home. My husband told me to go home. And I, I look at her husband's over there all. He's all dolled up with his girlfriend. I said, oh, okay. You know, I've always been one, and this is the truth. I've always minded my business. Um, you know, occasionally you hear people arguing. You try to hear a little bit what they're arguing about, or you see something going on. You might look a little bit, but I am also the type. If you tell me things are just, you know, there's something bad going on, I'm not going to ask you. If you want to tell me, you will because it's not my business. And people will ask you questions just to know what's going on in your, they, they don't care. They just wanna know what's going on because they're nosy. Either A, they wanna know it for their own, their own nosy factor, or B, they wanna know so they can share with other people, but they don't care. I only ask about what I truly care about. And what I'll usually say is, well, do you mind just telling me a little bit so I can pray about it? or you know, don't worry about it. I'm going to pray for you. And God already knows your situation. But I am not the type to ask you your business. I never have been. So anyway, she told me she needed to go home. I didn't ask any questions. I already knew her husband was there with a the girlfriend. Okay, well, um, thanks for coming out. She was like, well, no, can you take me home? Because I wrote with you. I looked at her, you know, no, ma'am. It's my birthday. <laughs> I got all these people here. We're having a good time. No, ma'am, you're going to have to catch a cab. So um, I guess she got a cab because I didn't see her anymore. And me and my friends, we, we continue having a good time. But the husband now, he's mad at me. He's looking at me sideways. Look, dude, I didn't know you were going to show up here with your girlfriend, number one. Number two, since I've met y'all, I knew you were cheating. And it's not my business to tell your wife because I'm positive she knows you cheat too. And number three... I'm having a good time. You could, you could save those looks for somebody else. So anyway, at the end of the night, you know, well, when we ended, me and all the people, you know, we go outside and we're laughing and we're talking. And this is no joke. Next to my car was a beer bottle. So I just picked up the beer bottle and handed it to one of the other girls, you know, to go throw away. I, I think I picked it up and I was going to throw it away, but we were talking. So she took it and she went and threw it away. So we continued talking, having a good time. We all ended up back at my house. And um, 
I don't know, three, four, five in the morning, everybody dispersed, went home. Well, let's fast forward a few days. One of my friends that was there, her name's Joanne. She lives out uh, in Missouri still. And this girl, I, I just love her. I love her. Uh, Y'all pray for Joanne, though. Right now, she's really sick. But she's the second Joanne in my life that I, I just loved. So Joanne calls me. It's like, girl, you're not going to believe this. But the girl that was at the club which, with your neighbor's husband, she called me and asked me how well I knew you. And I said, I, I know her. You know, I went to school with her brothers. And she was like, okay, I need you to help me set her up. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to jump her. And, um, you know, she tried to start a fight. And she's making up all this stuff that never happened. She told Joanne that I, I had picked up a bottle. Apparently, her and my neighbor's husband were sitting in a truck in the parking lot. So they all could see, they could see us when we came out. And they've made up this story from when I picked up the bottle next to my truck to throw away to I handed the bottle to somebody and told that person to go to that truck and beat her with it. Now, y'all, that's not my husband. He's not cheating on me. And even when my ex-husband did cheat on me, I wasn't telling anybody else to go handle that business because... That person, my ex-husband was cheating on, owed me nothing. And I am a firm believer, people who jump on the person who their mate is cheating with is a fool. It's only if that person doesn't know you. Now, listen, you want to cheat with my current husband and um, you know me and you've been smiling in my face or breaking bread with me, it's on and popping. I don't want him. I'm not fighting for him. You disrespect him. You over my house eating my food and eating my desserts and smiling and, and and loving all my kids and grandkids and you want to do this behind my back, we have a real problem, Houston. But I don't know you at all. You owe me nothing. You know how many times my ex-husband cheated? I didn't go after one single female. I left him. That was it. That, that was the most pain I could cause him. Goodbye. But um, supposedly I gave this girl the bottle to go bust this girl's head open. So this is the story she's telling my friend, Joanne. So Joanne downplayed it. She called me and said, what do you want me to do? I said, girl, just continue act like we are right. You know, I'm not all that to you. It's, let me know what's going to happen. So Joanne did just that. She called the girl back and said, all right, when do you want me to get her? Where do you want me to get her? And the girl's like, get her to the club. On this day, we're coming back down because they lived in a city called Jefferson City, Missouri, which was about an hour and a half from where we lived. Get her back down there and, um, yeah, we're going to, you want to help us? So my friend told her, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be in there. I'll stump her a couple of times. So, you know, I don't know exactly how many people are coming down. I have no idea. I don't care. This is how I used to think, you guys. I don't care. I weighed 100. It's 16 pounds. I didn't care. So me and my 116, size three, you know, the night of the fight, I'm not thinking anything about it. Jo Joanne comes over with another friend who, whose name I will not mention. And Joanne's like, girl, I think there are five girls coming down to jump you. And I was like, oh, wow, five, huh? 
little old me. I, I'm the smallest person out of, you know, everybody I know, little old me, five people. I said, okay. So the other girl says, well, Sonia, you know, you're small. So me and Joanne, we're, we're, we're on the bigger side. So I'll take two and Joanne will take two and, and you could fight that one main girl. I didn't say a word. You guys, I swear, I didn't say a word. So I got ready, you know, and I've always been to, to this day. It takes me no time to get ready. It takes me forever in the shower, but I'm natural hair. I don't have any, you know, weave to throw in or ponytails to snap on. Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do. I'm going to comb it out real quick, pull it up in a ponytail. Whatever I'm going to do, it doesn't take long. And I've never been into makeup. So I was ready. And I had these boots back then. I called stump boots. They were they were heavy, almost like combat boots, like my military boots, but they weren't military. So I put on my boots and my jeans and my shirt and my leather jacket and was like, let's go. So we go to the club. We're having a good time. We're dancing and everything. And then Joanne spots him, taps me in points. I said, oh, I see him. So the one main girl who was calling trying to get me set up, she went on the dance floor. She was dancing with some dude. The neighbor's husband wasn't there. But I knew for a fact, back then to get on the base, you had to show ID. And if you weren't military, they weren't letting you on. Um, so I already knew he got them on the base. I already knew that. So I, guy asked me to dance, sure. I went and stood right next to her dancing. Dancing and smiling. If you know me, I smile all the time. So I'm dancing and smiling. So she was mad. You could tell her face scowling. She mad. She looking at me and I'm smiling at her. So at the, um, towards the end of the night, you know, the lights come on and I was about to leave. And, and one of the people who worked there, I went there enough and I entered enough dance contests and win that the staff knew me. So he was just talking to me and I was talking, you know, uh, just running my mouth. So I seen a girl walk back in and she looked, she seen me and she walked back out. And then after a couple more minutes, she walked back in again. And I realized, oh, she's making sure I'm still here. I didn't go out the back door or, you know, whatever. So I told him, all right, I got to go. It was nice talking to you. And I walk out. Now at this club, you have to walk down a few steps, like four steps. Um, and then there's a, a wide sidewalk, a curb, you walk off and then there's the parking lot. It was the NCO club. So as soon as I stepped out to the top step, I see all these people standing there and I see the girl. So I smile and I walk down the few steps and she gets in my face and she's barking. She's yelling. She's just lying. And all I said was, you're a liar. You're a liar. And she's just barking, barking, barking. I never opened my mouth again. And she mushed me in my face. And it was on and popping. I grabbed that girl by her neck and just, um, I'm a southpaw. And I let just fury come out. And I went from her to another. And at one point, one of them had a, a bottle. She went to hit me with a bottle and she missed. And, and when I tell you guys, I'm not going to get too deep into this one. It was on and popping. It was on and popping. Next thing you know, you hear my friend Joanne yell, 
I don't know what she yelled first, but everybody stopped fighting for a second. And she said, y'all want to jump somebody. She said, y'all bees want to jump somebody, jump me. And then one of them said, I thought you were our girl. And she said, you thought wrong. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That's been, she's been my family since she was a little girl. She knew my brothers and she had a crush on my oldest brother. She went to school with them and she's been a part of our life for decades. You thought wrong. So she was like, y'all want to fight somebody? Joanne had went to the car, took off her wig. She had a, a partial tooth in the front of her mouth. She took the tooth out and she had a table leg in her hand. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. And she was like, y'all want to fight somebody, fight me. Y'all want to jump somebody, jump me. Nobody moved. And so she asked me, are you done? I said, nope. And I mean, I came back from God dang on Wyoming somewhere with a punch. And I punched that girl so hard. She started stumbling back, but I caught her and started running her towards somebody's car. I was going to put her through that car one way or another. All that story is to let you guys know. I didn't call a million people. I didn't try to get people together and mind my business and fight my battles and and do this, do that. I moved silently, but I didn't let anybody instill any kind of fear in me. Now, I'm telling you guys, I was an idiot. <laughs> I should have kept my butt home. I knew they were coming. I didn't care. But I should have stayed home because I got in major trouble for that. Two of those girls ended up pressing charges because they went to the hospital. I got called into the commander's office. I lost rank and they called my husband. They, they didn't call him, but they got in touch with my husband overseas and let him know if I got in any more trouble. He was in trouble. I didn't understand it at the time. I was so mad because all I could think is they started it. My neighbor brought them here. He's cheating on his wife. You guys are on me for defending myself. I didn't throw the first. I didn't put my hand on anybody first. I can't help it that they came down here and it took all them to try to jump little on me and I didn't get hurt and they did. That's not my fault. But when I grew up, I realized just staying home is the difference between being a, a specialist in the military and a private in the military because I definitely lost rank and it's not the first time you know all the years I spent in the military I definitely should have got out as a first sergeant my butt got out as a specialist because I couldn't control my anger now the point of all that not only did I control my anger when this person hurt the baby, but I talked other people down. Me, I talked other people down. And the reason it took me so long to do this podcast was because some of the people my daughter told were calling me, expecting me to go be the Sonia that they know and remember. But I'm not that Sonia anymore. I'm not going to go over there and knock on the door with with my back. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. 
and 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 yoke people out and try to choke people to the brink of death and put my hands on people and, and I'm not doing that. I've got things to lose now. The baby is fine. She didn't feel one day's pain after that. Not one. Y'all, when I tell you miracles and blessings, a third degree burn in the center of your belly, four inches long, an inch wide. I could tell it looked like somebody laid a, a flat iron, a curling iron on her belly and held it there until it sizzled. Now, all I wanted to do was go over there at first, but then I closed my eyes in the midst of my husband driving to the location and I prayed. And all I heard from the Lord was, you're so angry and you're concerned with what you wanna do that you haven't even prayed yet for that baby. You haven't prayed at all for that baby. And I felt convicted. And I prayed for that baby. And I prayed whatever pain that baby had, that it was removed and put on me. I didn't care where or how. But I prayed that that pain would be on me. And I prayed that that baby wouldn't have any emotional or mental scars from what happened. And I prayed that that baby had never been abused at the hands of that person before and we didn't know it. And the last thing I prayed, no, not the last, I prayed that the mom and dad wouldn't feel guilt, shame and embarrassment. And the last thing I prayed <laughs> was for the Lord to touch the person who did it. And whatever was ailing that person, that it was healed. Because I knew for a fact the person had mental health issues. I knew they were mentally unstable. And so did the person who took their child there. I prayed for all that. And then the devil inserts itself. And what happens? People start calling me. I know you're going over there. Did you see what they did to my baby? I know you're going over there. I know you're going to go over there and handle this. No, I'm not. You're not going over. I'm coming down there, okay? Do what you got to do, but I'm not. Because, number one, she had no business having that baby. The mom had no business taking her over there. Number two, do you know that baby did not cry after that initial moment? Before she went to the ER, she stopped and was happy after that. Not a single tear, not one, slept through the night. That burn, which was oozing and, and you know, that had to change her gauze and put these ointments on it and they gave her medicine, didn't even give her the medicine, didn't even give her the medicine for pain. And she did not lose a night's sleep over it. She didn't grab at it, crying, whining, none of that. We don't see any emotional, mental after effects. And here we are, eight days, nine days later. She doesn't need the bandage. It's already grown the film. Um, 
before the epidermis or the dermis. She's already grown that film, so, you know, you can touch it now. You can do anything. That's nothing but God, you guys. Think about yourself, burning yourself a little bit. If you're a cook, like, you don't know how many times I stuck my hand in the oven and touched something and it was hot. And I burned my finger. And all day long, it'll bother me. Or when I jumped on my brother's motorcycle and it was hot and I burned the skin off of my uh, calf on the muffler. That burned and bothered me for about a week. It was a third degree burn. Here you are, a one-year-old, 14 months. And you have somebody physically burn you to the point where your skin comes off in such a big area. And you don't lose any sleep over it. That is definitely somebody in my family. <laughs> it's almost like she's thinking, boy, I'm not going to cry now. But when I get about 10 years old, I'm coming after you. But, you know, for the first time in my life, I had to talk three people down. Three people. Three people from going over there. And I had to be the voice of reason. You guys, growth is everything. If you're stagnant, if you say, oh, you know how I am, that's a poor excuse for being a poor, lazy, sorry, mean, trifling, lying, even heartbreaking person. It's not, you know how I am, you know how it was. I've been like this since I was knee high. No, it's not that. It's, hey, listen, I know how I am, but I'm trying to change. I want to be a better person. I want to be reasonable. So don't push me because <laughs> I'm trying to be better. Do not take ownership of your negative side and say, yep, that's just how I am. You knew that. Don't, don't do that. Don't be that person. Be the person that's trying to grow and be better. Because I only told one person about that baby being burned. And even that person was like, you ain't going over there? Oh, no, no. You couldn't do that to my this or my that or somebody I love. Oh, no. I can't believe you're not going to go handle that? I, what? You're not... And then after a few minutes, I said, you know what? I'm actually getting more angry. And not that I want to go over there. I'm disappointed in you and your action and your reaction. I just told you because this is somebody you love and care about as well. And all you're trying to do is push me to the point where I say, you know what? You're right. I'm going now. That, that's not what a friend's supposed to do. And I said, so I'm going to have to go. And then, of course, she was like, ah, oh, no, you know, that's not what I meant. Yeah, that's exactly what you meant. Because you've done this for the 15 years we've known each other. You've pushed me until I get angry. And now I see it for what it is. You're, you're a, a conflict starter. You're not a, a conflict resolution point. You're the, you're the hype man. You're the person in the back talking about what, what, what? Not okay, Sonia. Think about it. You know, let's let's pray. Let's talk. Let's 
that it another way. No, you're my hype man. <laughs> you're the person when I'm in the mirror bouncing back and forth, handing me my gloves, handing me my gun, handing me my bat, handing me a knife, talking about you got this. Don't ever let anybody. Don't let nobody disrespect you. Don't let anybody. You're my hype man. I no longer need a hype man in my life unless you're hyping me up in a good way. I don't need anybody to feed me with negativity, hate, and strife. I don't need anybody to tell me where I should be going and what I should be doing if it is down a road that I've been down and fought to get away from. I don't go down Arlington Road anymore. And everybody knows every Martin Luther King Boulevard is full of nothing but negativity and, and, and ghetto life. So I don't go down Martin Luther King Boulevard anymore. I hang out on First Street. I hang out on Wall Street. I go down Planet Earth Boulevard. <laughs> I said all that to say a couple of things, you guys. Number one, stay away from negativity and negative people. And sometimes they don't mean you any harm. They don't mean to be negative. They want to have your back. But having your back means you getting in trouble. Number two, don't tell people your business. Move in silence. Even in good things, you know, you start telling people your business ideas because you think they have your back and they're rocking for you. And now they're mad. Now they're treating you funny because they're jealous or they're envious or who do you think you are or whatever. Or like I've had done to me, they steal your business idea. They befriend you and get as much information as they can so that they can run to another city and do exactly what you're doing. Never were your friend. They just wanted to steal your ideas. You don't need a hype man. And if your hype man is somebody, and I mean a negative hype man, that's going to put you in jail or end up getting you killed or end up getting you in some kind of trouble or somebody else hurt. If there's somebody you really love and care about, though, you got to be their hype man and bring them to the other side. There's nothing wrong with telling people the truth. If people are somebody you care about and you notice that every time I talk to you, you know, Gina Marie, every time I talk to you and tell you something, you 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 anger me because it's like you feed into the negative part of it. And I'm only telling you so that you know maybe you can calm me or say something positive and either A, I gotta love you a different way and I can't share these things with you because it just upsets me more. B, we gotta work on you being more positive. It's okay to talk to friends. If you really truly care about somebody and they care about you, they'll understand. Now, if you say something like that and you offend that person and they're mad and their lips are poked out and they're telling other people how dare she, yeah, mm, tread lightly, tread lightly. I covered a, a lot here, but take away the points that you should take away, you know. My first point of contact now is the Lord. That's my first point of contact. Anything going on with me. 
That's my first point of contact. I decided back in 2015 was the last time I truly, truly, truly wanted to just square off with somebody. And they would have deserved it. Or I would have deserved it because rumor is they can fight. So that would have been a heck of a furniture moving session because that's all we would have been doing. I know I can fight and I was told that this person can fight. So that would have been a heck of a fight. Um, I think maybe not, but you know, God intervened and it was that moment I decided. My hands are only for hugging, for hand holding, for praying, for eating, for exercising, but they're not for fighting. They're not, they're not for swinging Billy. Billy is my bat. They're not for swinging Billy at people. They're not for clacking. My hands are for so many other And I decided at that moment, I, I wasn't going to, I'm too old for this. I'm not gonna be trying to fight people. I'm going to talk to people and try to reason with people and be a loving person. And if I can't do that, I've learned to walk away, you guys. I've learned to walk away. Believe me, I've done it twice before. But you know what? When you're around a better class of people, you don't have to worry about stuff like that anyway because they don't bring any drama into your life. That makes a huge difference. You got a person in your life who is always wanting to fight and argue and start stuff and you go places with them and and they they're loud and they're boisterous and don't go out in public with them because the class of people i hang around with now and spend my quality time with now are loving kind affectionate smile easy anger slow and i wouldn't have it any other way because that's what i've become I want to end, um, y'all know how to get in touch with me, sonya.mcqueen69 at outlook.com. But I do want to end asking for prayer, positive thoughts. Look for this petition. It's a young lady named Abigail Toussaint, T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. Might be Toussaint. Um, I've known her since 2014. She, her and I worked in the same department. I, um, I actually was her supervisor, supervisor for a while, and then I became her, her supervisor's manager's boss because I became a director. But when I was just um, overseeing a department for the Department of Health, she was in that department, so I spent a lot of time with her. I talked to her. I spent time with her. I broke bread with her. She's the sweetest thing, quiet to herself, doesn't start anything, um, doesn't work. Super shy, super sweet, beautiful young lady. And she got married a few years ago and um, had her first baby. It's almost two years now, but just a very beautiful young lady. If you go to my um, one of my social media pages, I have her picture up there. Anyway, for some reason, her and her husband decided to go to their hometown of Haiti. Um, it's been nine days now and they were on a bus with their um, the person who picked them up from the airport. I want to say their tour guide, but you know they 
they're Haitian, but they're American Haitians. Um, and some rebels got on the bus, stopped the bus, got on with guns, took her and her husband and the person who got them from the airport off the bus. And nobody has seen or heard from them since. They asked for $60,000. The family sent it, which was a major mistake. Because then they felt like, well, if you can come up with 60, you can come up with more. So the kidnappers reneged on returning them and said, now we want $200,000 per person. And the family is asking for proof of life. They have not received a proof of life. Um, you can look it up on the news. Her name is Abigail Toussaint. I, I can't remember her husband's name right off because I know Abby. If you guys can please, please. I don't know what signing a petition does, but I signed it. Um, if you could just sign that petition, if you can find it. And as well, um, just positive thoughts. Because I found out about this. I was on my way to sleep Friday night. It was about 11 o'clock. And I seen it. And I was like, oh, my God, that looks like Abby. And so I type it in on my, and it sure was. And do you guys know that bothered me so deeply? I was on my way to bed. It was about 11. 12 o'clock, I was still up. 1 o'clock, I was praying. 2 o'clock, I was praying. 3 o'clock, I was looking up what happens to people who are kidnapped in Haiti. 4 o'clock, I was praying. 5 o'clock, I was looking up other things about kidnapped victims. And, and 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock. And then I have a friend here from the Virgin Islands. I promised to take her to brunch, so I had to get up. You know, I, I didn't have one hour sleep and I showered and I got ready for the brunch and I went and had brunch with my friend and came home exhausted. But I still stayed up until um, 10 or 11 o'clock Saturday night. But it bothered me so, you guys. I just couldn't pray enough and ask for enough prayer. And I, I've never known anybody to be in such situations. And I just pray that all the things I heard, kidnappers can and will do, does not prevail. I pray for self, self uh, safe return for Abby and her husband, to their son, to their family, that no harm has been done. All the, the horrible things I heard that these rebels out there who have taken over Haiti will do is not done. I hope that emotionally, mentally, spiritually, sexually, they have not been harmed in any way that they're not you guys got the point just sign the petition and pray for them all right you guys have a beautiful day on purpose and i'll talk to you again tomorrow